0: in that
1: case i pronounce you lucky
0: play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void we prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: hello everyone and welcome to the 1871 podcast with me mark roach and johnny hunt my co-host and this is the final episode of series two johnny um we're gonna have a break after this aren't we apart from when the big news comes in (laughs) which may or may not happen when one of us is away so not quite sure what we're going to do about that but we are planning to release an episode when we know who the new manager is going to be um so firstly Johnny we're going to come to that aren't we but last episode of series two how how are you how are you feeling we've had some great guests haven't we yeah I'm knackered I don't know about you yeah I am I am
2: no, it's been brilliant, it really has. I'm glad we did it. Um, yeah, like, jeez, I don't know how many episodes we've done, you probably know. Um, but a lot. yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think they've been really good. I really love the uh, I think the personal story stuff that we've had, yeah, there. you know, the the things from like people like Scott, Linvoy, and Brian, the fans one last night, and I probably uh, a few more that I've missed, yeah. and it's not by not by being rude, just because. They've been really, really powerful. And uh, obviously our relegation special, which seems to be very popular. (laughs) which The link there, we get popular and Reading get relegated. I don't know what that's about, but you know. Um, But no, it's been brilliant. I think I've I've done it about yourself, but um, there's been so many enjoyable ones for me. Yeah, we'll we'll come to that. We'll we'll do
1: a quick recap. But um, on this episode, what we're going to do, we're going to catch up with the latest Reading FC news and tell you what we know, including about the new manager situation. So we will promise to tell you everything that we know. Might not take that long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we're also going to take a look at the season ahead for Reading in League One, which will be the first um, in Tier 3 for 21 years since that Jamie Curiton goal against Brentford. That was literally the last game that we played in Tier 3 21 years ago. But obviously, Johnny we can only start in one place can't we um chris wilder so look i'm going to i'm going to ask you what you think i'm going to say what i think but look here's here's what we know and, and this is based on um people that i've been talking to who, who are i'm i'm not going to say who they are but there's um, there's two or three people who in one way shape or form are in the know and um, I trust them that what they're telling me they know as being accurate. So based on that, here's here's what we know. So we do think that Chris Wilder is going to be Reading's new manager. We don't actually know when that's going to happen. There there was uh, talk that it was going to happen today. Um, it's unlikely to happen this evening, I guess, but you never know. Um we are going to bring you an episode as soon as we can after the new manager's announced, but we do think it will be Chris Wilder. Um, so that's coming from a few different sources, um, taking into account things like the odds. N- nobody's talking about anyone else, which might might or might not be a factor, but we, we do certainly think that it will be Chris Wilder. Um, so in terms of where Reading are at with Chris Wilder at the moment. We think that he's been offered the job. This is based on information I've been getting from more than one source. So we do think he's been offered the job. Uh, We think he was at Reading last week um, finalising terms because there's all sorts of things, length of contract, all all that sort of thing. Um, We don't know 100% for certain if he he signed anything. And and we guess what's going to happen is that um the announcement will be made pretty quickly after he signs. So there's no guarantee it's going to be Chris Wilder, but it looks like it, it will be. Um the other thing is I know a former Football League manager who is attending tonight's LMA um awards dinner. So League Managers Association Awards Dinner is taking place tonight. I know a football uh, league former football league manager who's attending um and he said he's gonna um well he's gonna let me know if he finds out any information um so yes, we still do think it's gonna be Chris Wilder in terms of when that's gonna happen um we think possibly this week at some point, which could mean Thursday or Friday. we don't know for sure. Uh, we don't know for hundred percent certainty it is going to be Chris Wilder, but we do we do think it will be. Um, and if it is Chris Wilder, then um, Reading will have a manager who's experienced in terms of winning promotion from League One to the Championship. Uh, and he took Sheffield United from League One to the Premier League in three seasons, so you could say sort of two years. So you, League One, they went up one season. In the championship, and then the following season they went up to the to the Premier League. So, Johnny, what's your what's your take on what's going on? You know, how are you feeling? What do you think is going to happen? When do you think it's going to happen?
2: It's even more tiring than doing this. Waiting for the announcement, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's, and it seems like it's uh, you know done thing as much as you know you hear rumors and forget all the betting rubbish, but. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a few, you know, minor things that are ironing out maybe to sort for him. You know, it sounds like, you know, he's the person for it. And I'm I'm actually quite excited for this rebuild and a restart and a new new approach. And, you know, obviously he wants all the reassurances about what he can do financially-wise and backroom staff-wise and all that stuff that is important for a manager. And I think, you know, let him rebuild the club. Let him do what he, he knows best. He's done it. And you know, if Bowen's there backing him, and the owners. Um, then you, you know it's an exciting time. You know, I know it's been a tough, you know, few seasons really. But this is now a chance for, to start looking forward. And and you know, League One next season is going to be interesting. You know, there's a lot of a lot of local clubs. There's less travelling the way fans, but, you know, from Reading for some from, of the you know, games, the... not all of them. Yeah, yeah, apart from Carlisle away, which be yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it's 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 uh, you know like you can look at it as a doom and gloom, or you can look at it as a fresh start, and I think it's very much a fresh start.
1: Hmm. And and one other bit of info that I've heard, um, I don't know this person well enough to know how accurate this is, so certainly don't take this as as being um, something that definitely happened. But it's certainly something that I heard um, was that Ryan Mason is one of the people that's been interviewed for the Reading job. Um, which kind of makes sense given Brian Carey's connection at Spurs. You can kind of see how, you know, if you look at Vincent, Vincent company going in at Burnley, you know, everyone starts with their first managerial position. The experience that Ryan Mason has had at, at Spurs and, you know, in interim first team manager as well, you can kind of see how that makes sense. If it did happen, we don't know if if that's accurate or not, but, you know, I did hear that Ryan Mason was, was interviewed. I don't, I don't know if that's correct. But as I say, we do think hope and pray that is Chris Wilder. Um, and we think hope and pray that's happening very soon <laughs> within the next few days, because we're all getting a bit weary of it now. And <laughs> long bank holiday weekend, I don't think helped either. Um so uh, yeah, let's let's just uh, keep our finger on the pulse. Johnny's got his phone ready <laughs> with all the alerts on, so we might be able to, <laughs> might be able to tell you as live as it happens. But um, yeah, could could happen tomorrow. Could be Friday. Johnny thinks it might be next week, don't you? But we'll <laughs> who knows? So, so that, that's that's honestly all, all we know. Um, so somebody somebody that I know who's kind of inside the game and knows a lot of people got a really good network. Somebody I, I trust who I know who's a former football league manager did say that um, he'd uh, he'd been, been told by someone that he trusts that um, the job is Chris Wilders if he wants it. And then somebody else um, I heard um, it's somebody with uh, connections to, to the club actually um told me about Chris Wilder being at Reading last week and finalizing backroom stuff and things like that so i'd be i'd actually be really surprised if it's not Chris Wilder that's that's all i all i'm saying we don't know for sure but um johnny do, ha, what kind of percentage what out of a 100 what do you think in terms of it will be chris wilder uh, i over 90 yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think, uh, unless yeah. he goes, geez,
2: no, no, that Reading, oh, no, not no, not no, join them. No, I think yeah, yeah. another one. Okay, so that'll be there end, was, No, yeah. I can't see it. Can't see yeah, it there really
1: was different. thoughts about, you know, is he holding out for the Leeds job? Maybe. Because he's managed at Sheffield United and it's not too far away from there. But he's also managed at Oxford. Um yeah. You know, for all we know, he might still have a house down this way. Um, so we, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know for sure what's going on, really, but um, that's kind of the latest that we've heard. Um, so not not really an update, but obviously double relegation. Reading women were relegated, uh, lost on the last day of the season um, to Chelsea, who, uh, by beating them, secured the WSL title. Um, so obviously they're playing in the championship next season. Two other um bits of news that have come out in, in the last few days or so. Um there's talk of potential new owner interest in Reading. Um so from what we've heard, there is apparently some interest from at least one party um in the Middle East. So so by that I mean there's interest from at least one party. And one of those parties is in is in the Middle East. Apparently, we we don't know. I haven't heard that from anyone that that I kind of know and trust. But that's uh, that's a bit of kind of I guess you could call that a rumor that's come out. I don't know how true that is or not. Um, the other thing which does seem to be um, something in the pipeline is um, Reading's 16 year old forward Luca Fletcher um, looks set to to leave Reading, possibly joining Man City. Um, for for 1 million. Um, And we've seen what's happened with Michael Alisa. It's a shame to lose a player that that young, that early. But I suppose if he's got a chance to go to Man City, Reading are getting a million pounds um, and there's a sell-on clause or something like that. It might make good business sense. I don't know. Um, But, um, Johnny, before we look ahead to next season, let's just sort of elaborate and have a a quick recap on... um, series 2 of the 1871 podcast so we started series 2 back in february to coincide with the 1 year anniversary of our first ever episode and i can see you smiling i know you, i know that you know what i'm going to say next about the reason why it came about because basically johnny said oh could we do another episode even if it's a one off you know uh-huh. coincide with the anniversary because we started in um february last year um to coincide with the 150th anniversary celebrations and then we carried on until this time last year didn't we? So yeah. um so I thought yeah do you know what let's uh let's do let's do an anniversary episode. Um so we got we got Brian McDermott back on uh and he talked about his recovery from addiction. Really good episode that enjoyed that one and great for Brian to tell his story, which is told a few times previously of course um and and then of course it just sort of happened uh turned into a, a series two and then lots of episodes and we kind of thought, do you know what we're not gonna say it's gonna to be on a a Tuesday and Thursday evening or anything like that we're just gonna do the episodes as and when as and when we feel like it <laughs> up as we go along get some guests on and you know, we've had some great guests. And, and we also launched a new YouTube channel for series two. Um, and uh Johnny, you touched on it earlier. Our audiences for each episode in series two have reached more than five thousand, which has been brilliant. And we also made it into the top sixty of the Apple uh soccer podcasts chart. So you can name it soccer you can tag it with with soccer or you can tag it with football if you tag it with football you get american football as well so we tagged it with soccer so you've got gary neville's the overlap on there um some really well-known podcasts on there seaman says um and at one point we we were above seaman says which is uh pretty good going so um we're not in the top 60 now, I don't think. But we we did get into the top 60. And and for a while, we were the only Reading podcast in the top 100. Um, made it as high as the, the top 60. 58, I think, we got to. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, now, in total, including Series 1, uh, I think I'm right in saying we've had... You're asking about episodes, Johnny. I think, in total, we've had 138 episodes of the 1871 podcast um so that's series one plus series two um and that's included i think a couple of repeats so we i think we did a couple of repeats um for series two and we've got a couple of the episodes that were audio only um from series one that uh we can put out as bonus episodes on on youtube as well um uh, shaki his lot stuart lovell etc so um, just to run down some of our guests, I won't name all of them, but here are kind of some of the Reading legends that we've had on, certainly. <clears throat> so we've had Noel Hunt. Um, that was about, I think, two weeks before he came in as interim manager. Um, so he was making his second appearance. He was also on in Series 1, as were Steve Coppel and Brian McDermott. Also Adam LaFondra. Um, first-time guests, we had Jem Karachan, Glenn Little, Marcus Hanneman, Leroy Leter, John Halls, John Fern. We had Simon Church back again. Um, he was talking about his transition into life after football, which I thought was really interesting. Scott Davies we had on. Brian Teverdon was um, one of our most popular episodes. Talked about Ron Gourlay quite a lot on that episode. So <laughs> we had a lot of interest in that one. Chris Casper, sporting director at Salford City, ex-renning player. Ray Houghton, Limvoy Primus, Steve Mortone, Colin Lee, Simon Osborne again, Paul Holesgrove, Andy Bernal again, Trevor Senior again, Martin Hicks again, Bob Leonard-Dutsey and Reading women's defender Lily Woodham. And we've had a few special episodes. So on episode 106, we look back on, surprise, surprise, the 106 season and um, to mark the 40th anniversary of the proposed merger between Reading and Oxford United in 1983. We did a special episode on on that. And Johnny and I also chose our favourite Reading players, managers, games and seasons. Five influential people in Reading's history. And we even selected a top five of who we thought had a chance of being appointed as Reading's new manager. And if it is Chris Wilder... Johnny was spot on because he had Chris Wilder at number one. I had Chris Wilder at number two. I'd like to kind of forget who I put at number one. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we both had Chris Wilder in the top two. Johnny Adam was number one. So so, so let's see. Let's see. Um, we also had a quiz. So our 1871 quiz champion was Chris Bennett. And we also announced Alex Blissett as our 1871 podcast superfan, And the Blissett family as our superfan family. Uh, And of course, we've been keeping up with the adventures of our co-host Dylan Kerr in South Africa. um, Once again, looking for a new job. And I don't think this has got any connection with the new manager appointment, by the way. But he is going to be in Reading at the weekend. So he's flying back from South Africa. He's going to be in Reading. So have a look at the oracle, you might spot him. So that's Dylan Kerr. Um, and he's been on quite a lot of the episodes in series two. Johnny, what, you, you kind of mentioned a couple of things earlier on, but what have been some of your, <coughs> excuse me, big highlights of series two, would you say?
2: Uh you know like, like the first series, Mark, it's just an absolute honour and a Pleasure to speak to these people, all of them. Every every guest we have on, and, and get an insight into their lives and, and their time at Reading, or, or, or you know the fans ones, because um, they're all linked with Reading, and it, it's really interesting. We never we never kind of go, oh, this is how it's going to go as an episode. It, you know, for we don't sit there and go this this and this. We just kind of go with the flow, and it and it it's just like I mean, we said, like you know, if you ever sitting around having a conversation at the pub or something like that, and you know, you get to you know the, the, all the guests have been so kind to actually open up about different things. I mean, there's a list we could go on forever. Um, and that, that's, I think, a real compliment for what we do, because we allow people to talk and, and, it, and it just flows. And um, as I said, like, you know, for, for me, you know, someone like Scott Davis' story was was huge. Um, you know, to be able to talk about his experiences and, and, and what he went through, Brian was the same. You know, those, those kind of things, to me personally, is about mental health stuff. I find fascinating and i enjoy but also you know the likes of having marcus halliman showing his lovely lovely house in the snowy mountains wherever it was (laughs) that was that was cool um you know and and like i don't know you know it is sometimes uh, trying to track people down for us it is difficult isn't it mark you know you know it does take time and you know we've been so lucky that people have suggested coming on and and speaking to us so that that means the world as well so yeah, yeah, you know it's and you know Andy back on about his time at the Central Coast Mariners now, and you know even, even though people come back on, their story's different. Different than, story, yeah.
1: Time. Yeah. So Brian, Brian talked about in in episode one, um, it was around about the time of the Legends game, so he talked about that. I think it was just after, wasn't it? Or I can't remember, but yeah, somewhere around there. He was talking about his time at the club and the Legends game, I think, um, and then for series two. He talked about his um, his alcohol addiction, recovering from that. What he's doing to help people now he gave a, a little bit of advice. You know, talk to people if you're struggling. And I think for me, um, what I've really enjoyed about it is, like you said, we're talking to all of our guests as people first and footballers second in a way. So yes. Um, we are talking to them about their experience of their time at Reading, but that's just one part of their story. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Scott Davis, uh, even Simon Church opening up about, he had a bit of a struggle yeah. making that transition from being a footballer and being around, you know, his teammates every day in the dressing room. And then he's kind of, you know, he's on his own a lot of the time and he, he struggled a bit with that. So, they're all stories about people, um, which I've really enjoyed. And and, and you said about Marcus, Marcus Hanneman with the snow-capped mountains in the background. He was quite happy to show us that, wasn't he? Uh, and also, we've had a couple of late nights where I think we've done episodes at 10 o'clock at, at <laughs> night, 7 a.m. in in uh, Australia with Adam LaFondra and Andy Bernal. Um, and obviously, last night. We had our episode focusing on mental health, which I thought was fantastic. And actually, Brian McDermott has been in touch and said that, um, you know, he really enjoyed the episode. Um, and I know some people have been in touch with you as well, haven't they, Johnny, about that?
2: Yeah. And do you know the nice thing as well about that? It just shows you what a nice guy Brian is. He's been in touch with Connor as well. And I gave him a call. Right. Brilliant. Yeah. Just to check in with him. And, you know, and I, that is just, that just sums Brian up as a, as a, as a human being. Yeah.
1: And one of you know? the one of the best things, one of the highlights for me is we we did that episode with Brian McDermott, and uh, he talked about his addiction, his recovery from addiction, and there was a, a reading fan called Dale Bradley got in touch with me, um about his own addiction, uh so, alcoholic uh, addicted to cannabis mainly, um you know really down, uh, doesn't doesn't know what to do just sort of reached out to me and, and said, you know, I heard your episode. It really kind of uh, resonated with, with me. I put him in touch with Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott spoke to him. Um, I don't know how many times they've spoken. I think it's at least two or three times, probably a lot more, knowing Brian. And also, you know, before probably um, before a few months ago, I didn't really know Brian. Uh, But he was really kind because I said to him I was struggling with a bit of anxiety and stuff like that. And he he was really kind. He met me, had a chat with me, you know, best counselling session I've ever had. Um, Just a really kind man. And he's one of those people where you ask anyone, perhaps with the exception of people that don't really know him where they couldn't get in the team or something. I don't know. But um, most people we speak to say, yeah, he's a really kind man and, um he he even said to me he's sort of got that look about him where's perception that he doesn't seem that happy but he said I am it's just that's the way I look so um no he's just such a such a kind person and he genuinely wants to help other people because he's really he's really now grateful for what he does have in his life um so that was good just to connect him with with Dale
2: yeah and I'm saying that as well going back to like we were saying about um with Scott Davis and Brian, that they they didn't speak really for ten years because they had a bit of a falling out or whatever, and now they they've reconnected in a different time, um, you know, and that's that's the that's life, isn't it? You know, things happen, people don't know what goes on behind our faces in, in different times in our lives, and then, you know, people reconnect for a reason. That for me, that you know, those people on the fans one have been part of my life for journeys to different things, and that human element to it is that's what makes this so special for me, you know, and
1: that, and that yeah, you know. And, and that's, um and Johnny, that's why we decided to do that episode last night, focusing yeah. on mental health, because, you know, there were, we had some Reading fans on there. We had, I think, was it, there was seven of us all together? Was it seven yeah, or eight?
2: Yeah,
1: Um So we did have some Reading fans. Um We had Dean Hooper, who played for Peterborough, Aldershot, Swindon, um, played nominee football for Marlowe, etc. Um, You've known him for quite a long time. So he was on there. We had a Fulham fan who's involved in Walk & Talk Men's Mental Health, the, yeah. the organisation yeah. that you're involved in with you, your walks. And it was just everyone had a different story that's yeah. unique to them. And that's what Dean Hooper was saying. Yeah. And one of the reasons that we did that is you know our, one of our aims is that if there's someone listening who's struggling even a little bit you know feeling a bit down feeling a bit anxious whatever it might be and it helps them just a little bit then you know that's that's kind of a massive bonus uh but it was just really good to have that 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 conversation with all those people anyway and if we can help other people you know even in a small way that that's great and you know the fact that that Dale got in touch and now he's in touch with Brian. And, um, you know, we're really genuinely, really pleased that we could help someone in that way. And Mm. no, no skin off my nose to do that. So uh, really, really happy about that. And we'll, we're all coming from different sort of situations, unique situations. So Connor, he's got Asperger's. He talks about what happened to him when he tried to get into the Man United Reading FA Cup game, uh, you know, I'm coming at it from the point of view where I don't have any kind of real extreme situation, like a lot of other people do. Um, but I think my situation is fairly common where, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, have have had challenges with anxiety and low mood and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that's helped, you know, if it's helped one person, that's, that's brilliant. But yeah. Going back to the guests, the ex Reading players, um, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen, but I really enjoyed the episode with Glenn Little. A lot of people were looking forward to that one. We enjoyed that one, didn't we? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, we didn't have to ask too much, did we? Just go on, no, go
2: Glenn.
1: <laughs> no, and um, Marcus Hanneman as well, really enjoyed that one. I thought the the Jem Karachan episode was really good. Um, You know, great to hear what he had to say about Reading and and all the rest of it. Linvoi Primus, really enjoyable episode. And Brian Teverden as well, obviously, um, had quite a bit to say about Ron Gourlay. So that was really interesting. And like you say, Brian McDermott, Scott Davis talking about their recovery from addiction. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, And obviously for me, going back to the the mid-80s as a Reading fan, um, it's always brilliant to hear from reading legends like Trevor Sr. and Martin Hicks and the likes of Simon Osborne as well. Um and the other one, excuse me, I've got I'm gonna to have to sip some water here. So um, Johnny, tell tell me about another while I while I recover with some water, tell me about another episode you enjoyed.
2: Oh jeez. Oh, where do you go? Um It's it's just like there there's so many. I I just and I look back, and I, I you know, I don't get the chance to listen to all of them because of my little people. Um, but I, it just takes you back. After all the negativity of the last, you know, few seasons, and it takes you back to those happier times right? and, and and those moments. And the, you know, um, what was it like to be at a certain game when we talked about our, you know, our f- favorite games? And like for me personally, you know, the ones where I talked about my dad. Um, that was something that you know didn't really think about until we you said that's what we're looking for. I went, yeah, that that actually did meant different. I mean, like there's so many games that you know with people and friends and obviously results, but that that personal stuff and like our you know when we talked about our you know top five players and different things and we had some similar that was stuff. Tough. And,
1: that was yeah. I, I mean that that was kind of depending on what minute we started. <laughs> The episode would have determined what the order was. Yeah, yeah. By, by the way, I've run out of water. I've got a bit of a oh, cough geez.
2: going on. Ah, okay, like, I carry. On. So, I was going to say that the most bizarre part was a bit spooky, which you put up. Glenn Little's episode lasted one oh six. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, all on, you, you did. We did an episode. I think we were talking about um Paul Ince going. Paul Ince go, and, yeah. and it could have been a very short episode, couldn't it? Yeah, um, and you 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 said yes, um, but we elaborated to make it a bit longer, uh, and that was one hundred six as well. I think there was at least one other episode that was one hundred six, and at yeah. one point, so it was it was uh, one hour and six minutes, so one hundred six, and obviously at some point you had one hundred six views of it, so yeah, that that's
2: right. was yeah, a little yeah. bit spooky,
1: but um, yeah. So a- another episode that. A lot of fans seem to kind of surprisingly enjoy a lot was um the episode when we had David Artell, the former crew manager, on. Yeah. So he he was on, he talked about the process that clubs go through in terms of appointing managers. Um so and also just a reminder that all of our series 2 episodes they're still available to watch on YouTube or to listen to wherever you listen to your podcasts so let's have a look to next season now Johnny I'm going to ask you um we don't know who the new manager is who the new players coming in but how are you feeling about Reading's chances next season
2: yeah look it's going it's going you know it'd be interesting i think there's um yeah, for going for kind to of some really good grounds again, like you know, we haven't been to for a long time. You know, as a fan, there's the Cambridge, Bristol Rovers, Peterborough, you know, some good experiences, some good games. Um, like we said before, talking about you know, how the season starts, is going to be huge. The momentum, um, you know, obviously, it's a big summer of recruitment, getting players in that you know are going to fit the jigsaw that we talk about a lot with the next players and managers, you know, that Reading need for this summer. And it is a huge jigsaw. you know, sometimes the 20 pieces, we're talking about a thousand pieces for this one, I think, because, you know, the the, the lack of squad that we have had and, and assuming that the AFL um, embargoes are all gone, that we can actually now, you know, invest and, you know, get a team together. You know, someone like Chris Wilder as a manager knows the game, knows League One, knows the Championship knows how to play, knows what he wants. And hopefully, you know, that, you know, if it, if it is him, I sound stupid if it isn't now, but if he comes in, and you know, that that kind of manager will build a team that's suitable for that league. We need, you know, we need someone that has got leadership qualities. We need players that want to play for us. We need direction and communication from the club. It's still... You know, there's been silence since relegation, which I still think, you know, people are or the owners don't speak and whatever, and you see other clubs do it. You know, that those conversation pieces need to happen, I think, still. But um yeah, it's kinda of going back to it when I had a bit more hair about twenty five years ago <laughs> to a a different time and you know, I, yeah, I've put the old shirt on for Lee One Day's for our retro good moment. Um that was about two thousand. We could do Washington. But anyway, um, you know, but those that those seasons were were kind of fun as well. You know, that you know, we talked about it on you know with the different players. You know, we had, you know, this season's shirt from memory was we had uh Cassie playing and you know Curitan and Butler up front. You know, those they were good seasons. And I think that's the, the 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 positive about this is that we could go back and start again, build a really good team that can do what other clubs have done in the last few years. you Sheffield United, Plymouth have come back up. Luton, you know, there's all these teams out there. It's, you know, we're not on a mission impossible to say that, oh, we can't go back. There's every opportunity to do it if it's done right with the right people in place and the right structure and the right teamwork and da 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 da, da. So, you can sit there and be miserable and go, well, oh, we've been relegated and that's all gleam and gleam. Or you can go, it's a chance to look forward. It's a chance to go, we can really, we've got a chance here to, to do what we did for the last, well, the last 16 years that were pretty good, the last date we we'll talk about. It. Yeah. But we could do that, we could do that again and actually rebuild the club. You know, it's not going to be the same as our, You know, all the great people that we've had on the couples and the Pardews and the, you know, yeah. the Pardews teams, all that kind of stuff. It's a different time, different era in football, but we could have that same togetherness back and I think you know one thing I think you know as way fans go into I mean obviously I live I don't live locally, so I'm not saying I'm a plastic fan but I am but going to games where you know you've got smaller away ends you know you're sitting you know the amazing way fans that have gone to yeah. everywhere this season the last few seasons Middlesbrough away you know you've got 500 people 400 people in a, a large way end yeah. This time round, we'd we'll be going into you know the little kind of places like Peterborough, Cambridge, where you can really get almost back to the old Elm Park days, where you're going to have yeah, a great you know, and people there'll be more away fans because there's a lot of grounds that are closer to get to and things, and and that'll be really creating that, that atmosphere that we had at some of those seasons. You know that yeah. that will only inspire the team and the manager. Agree, They give us back enjoyable football, and you know we get on a winning run maybe at the start of the season. Or you, but you you know Chris Wilder if it is him, you know, right, that you go he is a manager. I don't think anyone would go. Oh, well, we've got him because he knows what he's doing. Well, there's a few.
1: Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, <okay. laughs> But like it's a chance. It's a chance to rebuild. It's a chance to look forward. It's a chance to to do to do good. We start with a clean play yeah. and you go. Let's make the most of it. We're on the league one party. Let's go and I'd enjoy the at- game.
1: And and look, I watched the playoff games at the weekend, and and you've only got to look at Carlisle, for example, and you know the obviously um, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley getting to the playoff final. Um, You know, if you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan or a Carlisle fan, it's been a brilliant season with a brilliant ending. Not so much for the teams that. That lost in the final, it's heartbreaking. We know all about that. <laughs>
2: yeah. We won't but, do playoffs. But, next season.
1: But um you know that kind of gives me gives me hope. Um I do think there's a chance that you know, I, I was just looking at some of the players and uh I'll come to that a bit later. But um some of the players, and you put them in League One, some of the younger players as well who've had championship experience. So look um before we talk a bit more about players and teams and stuff like that. Just want to look ahead to some of the key dates for Reading for next season. So um, the League One fixtures will be announced on Thursday, June the 22nd at 9am. And that, by the way, is supposedly a fact. It's not a Chris Wilder type rumour. So, yes, the League One fixtures will be announced on Thursday, June the 22nd at 9am. And the season will start on the first weekend of August. So the chances are that Reading will play their first game in the third tier for 21 years on Saturday, August the 5th. So stick that in your diary um, or potentially on Friday, August the 4th. Um, And Reading have announced their first friendly. It's a behind closed doors game away to Bristol City on Wednesday, 12th of July. And Reading also have a friendly lined up away to Sutton United on July the fifteenth. And here's a date worth noting for your diaries: the League One playoff final is on Saturday, May the eighteenth.
2: Thanks for that, Mark. Yeah, great. Just a just
1: a <laughs> note. Just a note. We've had some experience, and you, you never know. You know, we've only got to finish in the the top six, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to have a chance of that, but ideally go up automatically. Um, or, or do a derby and then go out the following season um, Johnny just a quick question what do you think the aim for Reading is next season in terms of where they where they can finish what's going to be a good season
2: um, well, i say to be honest any Reading probably anything better than you've had the last few years you know you'd win rather be around games,
1: maybe huh? <laughs> win more than we lose
2: yeah yeah actually win a game would be nice I'm going to start off basic but I, I think you know, aside from you know all the problems we've had, you know we said before about you know it being a fairly big club. That there's an opportunity, with, if if everything was in place, if you've got the manager right and you've got the squad right and you've got the the behind the scenes stuff right, you've got the academy stuff right, you, you you'd go uh, for around the playoffs. That that would be good. I, I don't say so, yeah, You could get you could you know top two would be brilliant. I'm, you know we're ready fans of being realistic. But I think you go, if we're around the playoffs, like we used to be in the old days when we were always around that, that you know, you're going, yeah, we're in with a chance. We're at the end of the season, we've got a chance for going up. We've got a chance for the playoffs. You go, yeah, and, and you're winning games. And that's is as basic as that, isn't it? Winning games and actually having and a and team. It, to what? That you go, I want to go and watch them Positive, the play. isn't
1: it? Yeah, it'd be a bit positive. Yeah. You know? And then if you're still in with a shout of the playoffs towards the end of the season, yeah. it's a different kind of atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah. and. You know, um, we've got, I think, we, we don't know yet who the new players coming in will be. You know, people are talking about Billy Sharp and all the Sheffield United connections, if Chris Wilder comes in, obviously. But I think the good thing is, um, you know, Thursday is June the 1st. Uh, there's, so just over two months until the start of the season. If the new manager comes in or is announced this week, that's two months to get new players yeah. in um to sort out you know to prepare for the start of the season you know that that for me is good good timing come come to the end of the season the players have a break obviously a lot of players have have left so um just looking at some of the players that, that have gone obviously um, Scott Dan Luke Southwood Shane Long Liam Moore Lucas Yao Dejan Tetteh um they've they've all left i think haven't they yeah um and um, at the end of June, I think, uh, George Puskus, I think he's he is definitely joining Genoa, but still technically he's a Reading player until the end of June, I think. Um, I believe Nesta Guinness-Walker had a clause activated um, that means he's staying, which
2: is good yeah. news, I think. Yeah, definitely. I like him. He's a good player.
1: Um, and I don't know if these next three players have accepted, but they've certainly all been offered contracts, uh, Yaku, Mite, Amadou and Bengay and Junior Hoylet. Um So they've all been offered new contracts. Uh, we don't know yet. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're waiting to see who the new manager is or anything like that, but um, we don't know. So, um so let's go, let's have a look at some of the players who are on contract, Johnny. Um you've got Tom Holmes, Tom McIntyre, Andy Yeardom, uh Nestor Guinness Walker we've mentioned, Nabi Saar, um actually looked one of our better players towards the end of last season. Um Kelvin Abrefa. Um Ovi Ajaris is an interesting one. Um do you see him staying at Reading?
2: I think I ain't don't, I don't, like I mean, he's not done anything that goes, wow, we want to sign him. And I don't mean that, you know, is this anything personally towards him. He hasn't had a great season. I have done know what number i the scenes. He had injuries and everything yeah, that went been on. Injured, doesn't he? Yeah, and then he didn't, you know, some falling out with Ince, but then, you know, who's ints to be, you know, judging off other people? Um, he's got the talent. He's got the, you know, the ability. It's about the, the other side of the game, I think, for him, you know, getting knuckling down. And League One's going to be harder than the Championship. You're not going to get away. You can't carry players in football, so you need you need 11 players on the pitch. That you know, I think you know. Um, Scott was talking about it the other day about Chris Wilder, people running through walls for him as a manager, and so people that haven't run through walls, he said, I think that then they re- were working for him. He makes them run through walls, and, and Chris. Or, or, they, or they don't play. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's basically it. And I think you know this is that's, we've had what,
1: the, two- that's what the fans want, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we've had too many players and too much stuff going on off the pitch about, you know, um, you know, again, I'm not slating any of them personally, but you know, Liam Moore situation, that whatever went on with him, Like, you know, you could go through a lot of them, but it's it's like but that's done, you know, we've had stupid contracts, we've had stupid situations. Draw a line, start again in the summer, let's get the right mentality type players in, let's get the right fit for the club players in yep. and people that want to play for the club. And people that will, that will, you know, we want to watch as fans. That's that's the beauty of it.
1: And as a starting point in terms of where the goals might come from. So th- this this for me feels quite encouraging because Chris Wilder, obviously, if it is him, he'll want to bring in his own players. He'll he'll have to. Um, but if you look at who we've got, um, where the goals might come from, we've got Andy Carroll, Femi Aziz, Kelvin Ehi, Battierman. I think that's you say it. Um, that's a good starting point, isn't it? And we th- we we do think Andy Carroll's staying, don't we?
2: Well, I hope so. I mean, like, we, we, there's the, the thing that's come out this week again, you know, you don't know if it's true or not, but like, someone like Tom Ince apparently got a £50,000 relegation clause contract that he can go for. Apparently, which... apparently, Johnny, it's not, it's actually
1: didn't have anything to do with relegation. It's just a 50000 get out yeah. clause. From what I yeah, heard.
2: and which is like, you know, the way we were last season, beggars can't be choosers, So basically you're getting anyone, you know, we were lucky to get him in, but the player's going to look after his own interests at the end of the day, because that's what players do and fair play to them. So, you know, that that's the circumstances that we're working under. You know, he doesn't want to play League One football. I don't blame him. That's what he wants to do. But all we all we need now is is that group of players to want to play for the club wants to be part of a journey that the manager wants them to be in, like we've done before, like the managers that we've talked about and the people that we've talked about. We've had on being part of a Reading FC journey that's funny and you want to be there, and you want to play, and you, and you want to you know, want to show you how good you are for the fans, and that's the, that's what we want to see. We've had so much crap the last few years of players that just, you know inflated squads, too much money, and it's just been. Yeah. And like um, you know, everyone I think is just fed up a bit. Yeah, and
1: also one thing that we have got to look forward to, which is pretty much guaranteed, whoever the new manager is, um, whether it's Chris Wilder or surprise, surprise someone else, um there'll be there'll be new players coming in that we you know, we don't know who they are yet, that will become reading not necessarily legends, it depends how 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 the team gets on, of course, but um, there'll be players that come in and make a positive impact for mm. Reading, whether it's goals or, you know, whatever it might be, um, that we we might be talking about in years to come, you know, on a podcast or something.
2: Yeah. Um, my daughter's podcast in 25 years' time, Reading Legends of yeah. the 2020s.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, my guest this week is uh, um, Johnny Hunt, who used to watch Reading in black and white back in the old days, (laughs) social media. Um, So, yeah, but that's going to happen, Johnny. People, you know, I I remember watching Lucas Yao, uh, Reading Home to Sheffield Wednesday towards the end of, oh, I don't even know when it would have been. It was the, might have been the 2018-19 season. Um, and he scored for Sheffield Wednesday and then he signed for Reading. And obviously it didn't end well, but he did well for Reading for a while. Tom Ince did well for us last season. We're going to get, I mean, you know, chances are it might be Andy Carroll that is kind of our big, big name player for next season. But, you know, we, we might get we might get someone else. We we kind of hope that there's a bit of a mixture of youth and experience. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned like Femi Aziz, Kelvin he- Battierman, Kelvin Abreha, etc. Nabi Sarr, I think people really like. Um, so, and then you've also got players like Jamari Clark, Jack Senga. Uh, I think we might need to bring in a new keeper. We've got Dean Bazzanis, Yokel and- Anderson, and uh, Connor Connor Boyce Clark. I'm not sure mm. if is it Connor. You pronounce his first name? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Conier, Connor. Connor. Um, Boyce Clark played last game of the season, didn't he? I think. Yeah. Um, so, and and then we don't know. We we're, we're going to look forward to signing some new players, and and for them to become kind of um, players that we're talking about in a in a positive way. Hopefully, um, I think
2: players that are going to be hungry. You know, I think the yeah, the, the Championship. Me. That you know, we've had the issues around like you know Ravan and just people getting contracts and, and 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 stupid money and not really earning. them. now players will go, oh, I've got a chance to go and play at Reading. You know, if they play in League Two and and you know, there's a, a yeah, what am I playing there and playing under a manager like Chris Wilder. If it is Chris Wilder, God, if it isn't Chris Wilder, sorry mate. Um, but like it's it's people. You know, th- there's an opportunity there at Reading now for players that can go. Yeah, geez, it's a good stadium. It's a good setup. There's a good, you know, we've got you know Noel Hunt there with the under twenty threes, and there's a chance for them something something to progress, and you know, and there's an opportunity there to get the crowds back if they play the right football. Um, it's it's a real kind of watershed moment, if that's the right word, where something so. really positive yeah. could happen. I think um, so. And there's and so cute. many good players, League One, and League Two, that yeah. are, would would do a great job for Reading if they're the right, like you know. You see it with guys like Nestor Guinness, Walker. I think he's got the potential to be a really good player. Yeah, he's been you know that, and he was League One the season before he came to Reading. You know, there's there's more out there, untried talents that you go, yeah, this is this could be fun. This could be really enjoyable to watch these guys play.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, one thing that's really encouraging and positive for me is that we've had you know the head of recruitment in place, Brian Carey, <laughs> you know for a year. We've had Mark Bowen in place, um, director of football, sporting director, whatever his official title is for a year. Um, and the reason for that is to do with putting the right processes in place, yeah. building foundations. And then they've hopefully identified the right type of manager that Reading needs uh, and then found and I, you know, identified and recruited that type of manager. Yeah. So identifying the type of manager before identifying an actual yeah. manager is the right way around to do it. And we've been doing it, we've been missing out the first bit. You know, Velko Paunovic. um, it sounded like a bit like, you know, an agent was saying, Oh, I've got you a manager, you know, yeah. directly to the owner. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons it went wrong. So we seem to be you know, going in the right direction and it looks like things are happening as they should do. And you look at clubs like Brighton and Brentford, you know, the way that Brighton do it, that's kind of the model for everyone. Um, You know, Man City is is different because of all the resources they've got and obviously those big clubs, but Brighton is a model that every club can look,
2: Look to, and it's a Luton as well. You look at Luton, Luton and what the resources they've got, yeah. and What they've done is Brentford as well, yeah. Um, it it can know. be done without throwing
1: millions. It can be be done because because Luton by no means had the the biggest budget, you know. And and look what happened to them. Fantastic. So, you know, why can't that be be reading in within a few seasons? We've we've done it before. Yeah. Um, we had solid foundations put in place before with Sir John Medesky. Uh Why can't we do it again? And, you know, there's a rumour of a new owner and all this sort of thing as well. So
2: we just need stability and we need a plan. Yeah, and we we need to yeah. look forward. And that's, you know, it's basics. basics. Feels
1: like I get the feeling that um, Reading are taking that side of things seriously, you know, putting yeah. foundations in place. So, look, Johnny, I want to um, just mention a couple of changes with um, the cup competitions now that Reading are in League One. So we'll take place in the... This is like good old-fashioned, old-style football. Brings back a few memories from the old days. We'll take part in the EFL Trophy, a.k.a. the Papa John's Trophy. So that's for League One and League Two clubs, plus Premier League clubs' academy teams. So it's a chance to play in the final at Wembley. Reading will be among the favourites for that. Um, So Reading reached the semi-finals in 2000, lost to Bristol City. Um, It's split regionally into a north and south section, so we won't play Carlisle early on, which is good, I think, uh, on a Tuesday (laughs) night. Um, So there's eight groups of four in each section, and the games are regional up to the quarterfinals. Uh, The top two in each group go through to the last 32. So um, the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, West Ham, Brighton and Crystal Palace will be among the under 21 sides that Reading could meet in the group stages. Um, Last year's winners were Bolton. They beat Plymouth 4-0 in the final at Wembley in front of 79,000. And by the way, it's not the same as the full members' cup, which only ran for seven seasons between 1985 and 1992. Reading won in 1988 when it was a simog cup, and I think Reading are only one of only five winners because I think Chelsea won it twice. Uh, I think there's another team that won it twice. I can't remember, but certainly Chelsea Chelsea won it twice, um, but that's a different competition, so um, that's that's not the, not the same. Um, and Reading will play in the first round of the FA Cup in November, uh, not the third round um, because uh, League One and League Two teams are in the first round. So that is November and the first round draw will take place um, after one of the live games in the fourth qualifying round. Um, so there's an incre- a much increased chance of Reading playing a non-league side because um, you know, by very definition, a lot of non-league sides go through to, to round one. Um, so that would be interesting. Accrington, Stanley away or something like that. Or Slough slow Town. <laughs> yeah. Maiden <of> United, maybe. <laughs> be interesting, wouldn't it? So, look, uh, we know now after the playoffs at the weekend, um, the full line up for League One. So here are Reading's opponents for next season in alphabetical order. Barnsley, Blackpool, Bolton, Bristol Rovers, uh, Burton Albion, Cambridge, Carlisle, Charlton, Cheltenham, Derby, Exeter, Fleetwood, Leighton Orient, Lincoln, Northampton, Oxford, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Port Vale, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, depending on what part of the country you're from, I think, Um, Stevenage, Wickham, and of course, Wigan. So the teams relegated from the Championship last season were obviously Reading, Blackpool and Wigan. And the teams promoted to League One from League Two for next season are Leighton Orient, Stevenage, Northampton and Carlisle, who won the playoff final uh, to go up into League One. And the teams that are still in League One after losing out in the playoffs are Bolton, Peterborough and, of course, Barnsley. Um, now we already know that Wigan will be bottom of league one after the first two games, because they were deducted four points and then another four points. So they start on minus eight. But of course, what we don't know is if there are, you know, any more points deductions for Wigan or any other clubs. Um, so as it stands, Wigan are definitely bottom of the table after two games, because they start on minus eight points. If my maths is correct. Um, So, Reading will play Blackpool, Wigan, Derby and Peterborough again um, after Blackpool and Wigan were relegated from the Championship last season. Uh, And Derby and Peterborough were relegated from the Championship the season before last. And, of course, Reading will play Barnsley again after they lost in the League One playoff final. And uh, um, that was, uh, I mean, you know, for Sheffield Wednesday what a way to go up, you know, yeah. <laughs> four, four yeah. down against Peterborough and they go up with um, a goal in the last minute of stoppage time from Josh Windass, Dean Windass, dad kind of did the same for Hull, I think in the playoff mm-hmm. final, didn't he? So, you know, yeah. that's why we love football because that yeah. stuff, that stuff happens. Um, and, and everyone thought it was going to be all three games going to penalties, but before that happened, um, and just to confirm, it's two automatic promotion places from League 1 with four teams competing in the playoffs and four teams relegated to League 2. Um, so in terms of local derbies and longest trips, so the local derbies are as follows. Wickham, um, twenty mi- 21 miles via the A404 or 33 miles via the M4. So that's going to be approximately 35 to 45 minutes, depending on which way you go. Unless you're walking. Yeah, you might be walking. <laughs> uh, take you longer than that. Actually, it might be less miles because you go more of a direct, direct route. I don't know. Um, Oxford is the other one, 26 miles. Or if you go via the M40, it's um, a lot more. It's 49 miles. So it's approximately 40 minutes to an hour to get to Oxford. This is by car. Uh, And then also not too far away, you've got Portsmouth, Charlton, Leighton Orient, Stevenage, Bristol Rovers and Cheltenham, not too far away. Um, The longest trips, obviously with Carlisle going up, um, that's the longest trip by quite a long way, 318 miles from Reading to uh, Carlisle by car. Um, So it's going to take you, depending on how fast you drive and how many stops uh, you, you make along the way, it's going to be sort of, Five and a half, six hours, something like that. Um Fleetwood is the next longest journey, two hundred and fifty-three miles, so that's um by car, four, four and a half, five hours, um, maybe more. Blackpool, of course, um four miles left, two hundred and forty-nine miles. So a similar sort of journey. And then, you know, a few other long trips: Wigan and Bolton, um, Barnsley, Lincoln, and Exeter. Um, you, you touched on it earlier, Johnny, in terms of the ground capacities. quite a big differenti- uh, differential in League One. So you've got Derby, um, 33,500. Actually, Reading have got one of the biggest um, capacities. Yeah. So you've got uh, Derby, 33,500. Bolton, 28,700. Charlton is 27,000. Wigan, 25,000. And then Reading, 24,000. Just a bit more than Barnsley and, and Portsmouth. So Portsmouth have got twenty thousand. Um,
2: yeah, no, some some uh, some good ground. There's some uh, old-fashioned stadiums. You know, the 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 Cambridge away, Peterborough away ones for me that would be ones I look forward to going to. Um, Walking wise, I've planned to running to Cambridge uh, back in the old days of watching us play against Dave Kitson um been a been a while and then you know Exeter again another, another club that um you know some of these clubs we haven't played again for a long time you know the oxfords um wickham you know we have used to have some real battles with wickham at 5 3 i think we lost away to them back in back in those days in yeah, league one um you know so like it's it's it, Again, like we said earlier, like you can look at it as oh god league one. You can actually it's like, we'll play league one and go enjoy it. Go enjoy the yeah. games. Where you know, for people, especially I'm on a serious note, like you know, financially wise, mm. yeah, it's a lot of money. And, and fair, like I so, said, you know, people that travel to all the away games have been amazing to do that. They've been doing all these miles and driving or trains or whatever. And now there's some, there is more local games that people can go to, which means the crowds will be bigger and mm. um, you know which will feed into the team when they're playing you know yeah. you go to oxford away and that, you know that's going to be brilliant atmosphere wickham way is going to be brilliant the atmosphere it be a real proper proper old school kind of games and atmospheres which you know you can look forward to and going and like yeah. yeah you know and it will it will feed the energy you know and that that's fun that's exciting that's what football's about you know yeah. we've been through so many ups and downs running fans in our lives this is just another part of the next journey
1: uh, and just just a quick thank you to you, Johnny, because my voice went then, so you stepped <laughs> in. Um, I, I don't know if it was seamless or not, but I have got a bit of a cough. Yeah. So apologies it again. <laughs> you you mentioned, I think earlier, Johnny, um, some of these grounds, some of these away games, would be a bit like the old days at Elm Park.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If
1: you look at Fleetwood, just over five thousand capacity. Um, by the way, if my voice gives out then carry on, Johnny. No worries. I'm struggling a bit. Um, Burton Albion is 7,000. Cheltenham, 7,000. Northampton and Stephen is just under 8,000. So uh, we've got um, some encouraging signs, actually, because all three of the teams that come down from the championship the season before last, so not the one just gone, but the one before, Barnsley reached the playoff final, Peterborough yeah. um, lost it in in the playoff semis against Sheffield Wednesday, um, gave away a 4-0 lead from the first like, derby, finished seventh, one point outside the playoffs, which is where Reading finished um, the season before last, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, like it is. And like, that's, you know, there's the opportunity for players, you know, for the teams to, to aim for it. And, you know, Again it's not you're gonna get a league where the results are gonna be random, you know like every league yeah. is, it's a competitive league, yeah, like there's some good teams and there's some big teams, but the big teams don't have a divine right to go back up, Derby yeah. haven't you know you've got a thirty thousand ground and you've got this, you've got they've they've had players coming down you know that would be good good players um but it's more than players. It's a whole package that you have to have yeah. to get out of these leagues. And that's what Reading had previously. And we need to find that again, How however yeah. that is done. Um, look, need-
1: yeah. What I was going to say, Johnny, was, was in terms of um, the bookmakers are already giving odds for next season. <laughs> Obviously, we're going to wait who the new manager is, who the who the players coming in are. But Derby are the favourites. Um They're kind of around about five to one at the moment. Um, Bolton, Barnsley, Peterborough among the favourites. Reading among the favourites. Reading at the moment, you can get 10 to one, um, followed by Portsmouth. So, based on the current odds, the bookmakers think Reading have got a good chance of finishing inside the playoffs. Um, Relegation favourites are Cheltenham, Cambridge, Fleetwood, Carlisle, and Burton. Um, Johnny, three questions where do you think Reading will finish uh question number 2 is which team do you think will win the league and which team which, one or more teams to go down from league 1
2: is uh, i think we're finished top 10 at minimum i think we can you know that's that's just what minimum expectation with a decent manager in charge whoever that is maybe some bloke that used to manage Jeffrey you united know, i don't know um but yeah, like that—that that will be success. Like real success will be playoffs some more. But you know, I'm trying to be realistic about what we can do. Teams that could win it again, like it's the championship thing. You, you, you know, League One probably slightly different. Is in the, the budgets wise, you haven't got the money. Clubs coming down for the Premier League with the big money like the Burnies and all these other stuff. So you you can say it's a bit more of a level playing field. I think even though you've had you know us coming down, yeah. Wigan have already coming down with eight point deduction. Um, so there's not going to be that runaway team. There's not going to be a team no. that's just going to just go and, you know wipe out. Barnsley, you know that they're there and they're about a decent team. But like, there's a whole summer ahead of recruitment, and all of these clubs, whatever yeah. their budgets are, are going to be going. Like, we have got to go here, we have got to go there. Yeah, so it's actually quite funny that they're putting out odds on who's going to be doing whatever now. No, I, I
1: do think, I, I do think, I can see Derby. Either going up automatically or certainly being in the playoffs, I think Bolton would be there.
2: Yeah, it's momentum. There's like going to be so sides far, that have been the, built. You know, that's it. You know. Yeah, yeah, Peterborough. Yeah, Peterborough are a side that I think you know that they you know they'll learn from you know a yeah. lot of teams learn from losing in the playoffs to get to the next step. And I think that's a certain club that they don't go stupid spending money. They they just build build and build and They've got a decent manager there, um, you know, yeah. Ferguson, and clubs going down. Like you know, it's easy to say that you know the club like Cambridge and whatever, and Stevenage or Orient, maybe. Mm. But I, I don't see that gap that you have in the championship. You know, it, there's not team like yeah, the budgets might be slightly bigger, slightly smaller, but not the same within the championship. So teams that have come up are on a momentum, you know, you've got Orient built yeah. and built and built, Stevenage. They'll, they'll be up for it and, and it will be close. It will be, you won't see a team, I don't think, you know, 30 points behind with 10 yeah. games to go. I think it's going to be a real, there will be a good group. You know, you've got so many good clubs in there, Portsmouth and, and you know, the teams that... A final, yeah.
1: Qu- yeah, final question. Who's going to, give me the final order, one, two, three of the Thames Valley League. So, Wickham, well, Wickham Oxford, Reading. Who's
2: well, do they actually even count. I don't think yeah. who's gonna to who's gonna
1: who's gonna finish I, top of those the, three. The
2: bat, battle of the winners triangle. <laughs> uh, well, it has to be only one club after, you, of course, doesn't it? And um, Reddit,
1: and, I, I, yeah. I'm gonna confidently predict Reading a, a finish above Wickham or Oxford. I think, I think the order will be in Oxford, Wickham, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, look, and you know, Wickham would be interesting to see now, you know, um, how they perform, you know, with the, the new manager behind them for the. You know the whole of the summer, um, Oxford the same. Oh, but it will be, you know, again back in those days of when we played against Oxford, and you know it, it was real battles. There'd be there'd be a bit of extra pride there. Yeah. But then I think football's different, than, you know, guys would be going like, what players that play now we're going like, why are Reading and Oxford? Well, Wick-
1: Oxford? Wickham and Oxford are going to have a point to prove against Reading, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, will be they'll be it'll fire them up. It'll fire <laughs> the teams up to play. And It'd be great. The banter. I'm right, looking forward. I'm
1: looking forward to the local derbies. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. apologies for my coughing fit. Thanks for stepping in and helping me out. <laughs> no uh, I think I, you need.
2: A, I think you need a holiday, Mark. I think it's time. I
1: think to... I need a holiday. <laughs> um, so we're we're waiting to see when that new manager announcement will be. As I said earlier in the in the episode, we've told you kind of all that we know, all that we've heard. Um, we don't we don't really know too much, but. We do think, hope and pray it'll be Chris Wilder and we think it might happen this week. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Hello. Um, Johnny, that's it for Series 2. So just want to say uh, thank you, firstly, to Dylan Kerr um, for uh, joining us on quite a few of the episodes. Um, thank you, of course, to you, Johnny, for being my co-host and also Likewise, stepping, stepping in as host on a few occasions and having me on as a guest last night. That was interesting. <laughs> it's um, always
2: been a pleasure, mate. It's always been fun.
1: Yeah. And, and to you and Car as well. He's He's yep. been a co-host for a couple of episodes. Um, and and really just say a huge thank you to all of our guests. And of course, thank you uh, so much to those of you who've listened in to the 1871 podcast and watched the episodes on YouTube. Uh and a a quick thank you note. Um we had Jonathan Lowe on our guest, so thank you to him. Uh, and and thank you as well to James Earnshaw at the Reading Chronicle for not only being a guest but for his support. He's put out a few stories about you know things that, that um our guests have said. So he put something out about Scott Davis talking about Chris Wilder and stuff. So thank you to James Earnshaw at the Reading Chronicle. And a reminder to you that all Series 2 episodes are still available to watch on YouTube, and you can still listen to all Series 2 and Series 1 episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. And as Series 1 was audio only, we'll be adding a few bonus episodes from Series 1 on our YouTube channel for you. Um And as I say, whenever the new manager is... <laughs> Whoever it is, and we do think it's going to be Chris Wilder, we'll be putting out another episode. But apart from that, this is our final episode. Um, so for now, Johnny, until the next one, um, that's it. And and again, thank you to all of you for watching and listening to the 1871 yeah. podcast. Been a pleasure.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.